Hi, everybody. Welcome to this class on Erev Tishabav, three weeks, nine days. This class is being learned as a special schluss, should be a special schluss before Shalema for Esther Bela Barsif Kayenta, Aaron Meir ben Esther Grunna, Mushkaros Bas Bela Daba, Mak Hadassah Bas Mushkaros, and Rachel Chaya Hadas Bas Miriam. You should have a Rafua Shalema Bakarov. This class is also being learned as a special schluss for Elor Nishmath, Yitzhak Menachem, and Mayor Halevi, Hannah Devor Bas Asher Enzel, Vigamal Bas Savadi Kusil Ben Moshe, and Nishama Shehav and Aliyah. Okay. Okay. So we all know that we're in the nine days. It's that time of year. Tishabab is scheduled to be taking place Thursday. The reason why I say it's scheduled to be taking place is because I'm still hoping with Shem's help that will be it will be a Yantif this year. We'll be in our Yantif, we'll be in our Shabbos clothes. We'll be having delicious meals and we'll be walking around saying Gigantif. I'm hoping the Shem's help. So that's what I'm saying. It's scheduled. Doesn't mean it will necessarily be, right? So this year comes, this time comes every summer. And when I think of this time, I think of a mushal that I actually heard from Rabbi Wallerstein years ago. And he said, you know, I don't, he said, when it, you know, when it comes to a wedding, right? When you go to a wedding, it's very hard today to see who's in that close relative circle. It's very hard to see who's a sister, who's an aunt, who's a friend. Because today, especially weddings, you go to weddings, everyone wears long, right? Everyone looks beautiful. Everyone's happy. Everyone's smiling. Everyone wants to be there. It's hard to know. You see right away when the Kala walks in, who who makes that circle? You're not really sure who's a who's a sibling, who's not. It's hard to know. Everyone looks so excited and put, taking part in the simcha. He said, but when you go to a levaya, it's very easy to know, figure out in a second, who is the close relative, who's in that circle of close relative, because you see the people who are crying hysterically, you see the people who are sitting on the first two rows in Shomei Hadas or in any, you know, place. It's very obvious. It takes, it doesn't take much. And Rastin said that now is the time when Hashem's crying, Hashem's having this feeling of this loss, and he's looking at his children and he's saying, who's part of my family? Who's an immediate relative? Who's part of that circle that's obviously saddened with me? And he said, Rabbalatina, that the ones who cry with Hashem during this time, Tishabav time, those will be the ones who will be Zohar to be rejoiced and to be besimcha when it comes to Simcha Torah and Purim, when it comes to those yantifs that are infused with joy. So, yes, now is the time to feel the pain and to cry with Hashem. But it's very hard. How do we do that? How do we cry for something that we don't even know why we're crying? Yeah, we we have this concept. There's tremendous stars in the world and we want Mashiach to come and we want everyone to have our Shalemas and we want Tchis Amisim and all that. But that's not why we're supposed to be crying. I actually heard Rothstein say that the only reason why we should want Mashiach is that the Shekhinah should have a home. That is it. So we should be crying for the Shekhinah now, but it's very hard. It's like, remember during COVID, when things, uh, we, we weren't sure if the world would ever come back to normal, we were saying, imagine someone who's born now, who never knew what a bar mitzvah was like, who never knew what a real wedding looked like. So imagine we'd have every day, every year on March 13th, that fateful day when the world shut down, I think it was March 13th, you know, we have, we set aside that day of COVID Remembrance Day and we would be all, you know, 
sad about it. People who would be, the kids who would be born in 15 years from now, they'll be like, why are you crying? Like, oh, we, like, they would only know what they know. They would only know what a bar mitzvah is based on what they, like, they wouldn't know what to cry about. They wouldn't, we don't know what we're missing. So it was very hard for us to feel it and to be sad, right? And many of us, it's like, okay, when is chatzos? When can I start, you know, sitting on a chair? When can I start distracting myself, cooking? We just want the day to kind of pass. We want it to be Shabbos, Nachman, party. But no, we want to, we want to show Hashem that we're part of your family. We're, we're one of those, we're, we're close relative. We're a sibling. We're, we're so close. We're a child, Hashem. We want to be Zoha to rejoice, you know, in Simchat Torah and Purim. So how do we do that? So I like to make things very real. Like how do like how do I feel the loss? How do I how do I partner with Hashem here and, and feel his pain? So what we all know, it's the Shina that doesn't have a home. It's the Shina that's crying. The Shina is the piece of Hashem that's in this world, right? There's Hashem that's in the Shemayim, and then there's the Shina, that's the piece of Hashem that's in this world that's suffering because it doesn't have a home. The Bisa English is not rebuilt. So there's this feeling that the Shechina has of yearning, of wanting so badly to be able to be in the Beis HaMikdash and to be able to take us home. It wants so badly, but it can't. Right now, it's a no. So how do I make this real? I think it's something that I want so badly, that I'm yearning for so badly. And that's something that we can all do. Think of something that we're yearning. Everyone yearns for something. Now, we all know that we dive in and we ask and exactly at the right time, Hashem is going to give us what we're yearning for, right? If it's good for us, right? We all know that. So for, so I'm not saying to feel like, oh, we'll never, no. In a minute, Hashem can give us whatever it is that we're yearning for. But for right now, that it's a no, right now, whether it be for someone, a shidduch, whether it be for someone, a child, whether it be for someone, parnasa, whether it be for someone, shown bias, whether it's someone's looking for a house, whether someone's looking for to feel socially included amongst their friends, whatever it is that they're yearning for that they don't have right now. So think about that for a minute. And like, how do you feel? You want something so badly and you just, and right now it's a no. So kind of have that same feeling. Obviously nothing's compared. Anything we yearn for, it doesn't compare to the yearning that the Shrina has, right? But it's something that we can actually feel for a minute and make very real for ourselves. And when you feel that, could relate a little bit to Hashem and we can feel sad. So that's something you can do. You can think about that on Rosh Hashanah. On, no, don't think about that on Rosh Hashanah. On, on Tishabab. Think about that on Tishabab and it will kind of make you have that idea of like, oh my gosh, well, like Hashem feels that also. Ouch, it's hard. It's hard. Like I get it, Hashem. I get it. And, and it can help us feel the mo- feel what we should be feeling, right? Lahavdil, a very strong sense of yearning. Great. So I gave you all an idea. This is what I do. This is how I feel. I try to remember on, you know, Tisha B'Av how to feel. Great. Okay. So now what? Right? Like we feel it. So how can we bring the Shina home? Right? What can we do? What needs to be done? How can we bring the Shina home? How can we rebuild the base of English? What is it that Hashem wants from us? Now, you know, I'm the type of person, like, if I want to do something, if I like, okay, tell me how to do it. Okay. I should wake up seven in the morning and I should see these three put up to hell and then I should like raise my right hand and open the window. Okay, I'll do it, right? Like I remember one time they were talking about like onions. Anyway, like I remember it was COVID time. I was putting onions all over my house. They're like onions takes away the disease. You'll never have the flu. I remember my house stunk like onions. It's like, okay, I don't want COVID. I don't want the flu. What should I do? I was cutting up onions, putting them in bowls. I think I remember something, something I remember. But um, I don't know if any of you, but like I, I'm that type. Like I tell me what to do. I'm going to do it. I want, okay, so great. 
we feel now to a degree what it feels like for the Shekhinah to not have a home to be able to, wait, now, what should we do? How do we bring the Shekhinah home? I'll tell you. Kazal says that the week before Tisha B'Av, Philos have the power to erase Gezeros. One minute. Philos have the power to erase Gezeros. Okay, just wanted to put out there before we get to how to, okay? So just want you to know, these days are screaming Philos. It's a tremendous Eswaton. Right now we're in, we're in the week before because next Thursday is already, it's already, you know, Friday already, it's right. So we're in this week, the nine days. We have the opportunity. We have the power to take advantage of davening this week. It is so powerful. Okay. So we, I feel like we, a lot of times we say like, you know, Asaris Mechuba is powerful. Now it's like, first of all, we're still in our year and it is so, so powerful. The Tfilos during the nine days. Um, yeah, actually, you know, we say this, um, possibly say this in davening the Harevna. I heard this from Mr. Miyagubi. We say this, this, um, you know, Hashem, please make it sweet, right? There's a song, Bahar of Nasham, it's a gorgeous song. It makes me cry every time, I don't know. But um, so isn't everything that Hashem does sweet, right? Like, what, what do you mean, make it sweet? Isn't everything that Hashem does good? So she actually gave a great, like, concept, like this mushroom. You know when you have a coffee, right? So you put in the sugar, and then you'll drink the coffee, and it might still be bitter. But what do you mean? I put in the sugar, the sugar in the coffee. There's two heaping teaspoons of sugar in the coffee. What happens? You didn't mix it. The sugars went to the bottom. You need to mix the coffee for the sugar to go all around. So to everything Hashem does is good, but sometimes the sugar kind of gets to the bottom, so we need to mix it. So how do we mix it? With tefillah. Tefillah mixes the sugar and makes the whole coffee sweet. So tefillah mixes it and brings everything. You get closer to Hashem, and it just makes everything sweeter. That's just um, something interesting I wanted to share. But in any event, we um, last week we discussed the story of Beno Slavkad. They were five sisters, older singles. They weren't getting married. They had everything going for them. Alamilas didn't make sense. What do they do? They looked within themselves, and they figured they needed to fix something. They ta- they did a little introspection, and they needed a ticket. They needed to fix something, and they realized that at some point they were over on Kibbutz with their father. And they realized that that was the ticket that they needed and they needed to go and fix it. So they approached Moshe Rabinu. And after their father died, they said, you know, we understand that he didn't have any sons, but please, our father was such an honorable person and he was such a great person. And they really gave his, their father honor. And it was mistaking the lack of kibbutz that they had before. And once that was fixed, they found their Shaduchim and they, they got married and they had children and that that's what they needed. So during this time, as we know, um, Thursday, we know we say um, kinnas, right? Kinnas has the same letters as tikkun. So when we're coming into Tishabah, we should look within ourselves and feel like, what's something that I need to fix? How do I need to, I, I need to fix something. And maybe if we fix that thing that we each know, each one of us knows on our own, where we're lacking, that can help bring the Shrina home and bring, you bring a home for the Shrina, Right. We know that um, the we lost one base of English, we lost another base of English, and we're waiting. We're waiting with a bated breath. We're waiting with a bated breath for the third base of English. We know the Shvatim, they correlate. Reuben, Shimon, Levi, the three Shvatim, they correlate to the each base of English. Reuben, when Reuben was born, Leah named him Reuben. Now my husband will love me. That's what Reuben means. It epitomizes love. During the time of Shlomo Melech, that's when the first base of English was built. It was 
Awesome. Everyone loved the Jews. It was a gorgeous time. It was peace. It was shalom. It was tremendous. There was so much love. It was an amazing time for the Yidin. Shimon. Shimon. Shema Hashem ki sanua anochi. Leah named him. Hashem heard that I'm hated. During that time, the second base HaMikdash, it was built, but it wasn't so geschmack. Cyrus allowed the Jews to build it, but it wasn't so easy. Neighbors would write in letters to Persia saying, like complaining about like, you know, they're getting in my space. It's so much traffic. We don't like the construction. It wasn't such a good time. They made something just stood, but it wasn't such a good time. And it's brought down that by Levi, Hapam Ishi, now my husband will accompany me. We will walk hand in hand. She finally felt that Yaakov was by her side, walking hand in hand, the third one, the third base of English, Ezra's Hashem will be everlasting and will be rebuilt and it will last forever. So what do we need to do to bring the Shekhinah home? What do we need to do to take us out of Galas? We need to fix what brought us into Galas. What brought us into this Galas? Sinatrinam Lashon Hara. Baseless hatred and speaking Lashon Hara. I don't like to call it sinna I like to call it, let's just work on avaskinam. I don't like to have that, that negative sinna, hate. I don't like that word. So I like to be more positive. Avaskinam. Let's try to work on avaskinam. So I end, before I said, what do we need to do to bring Mashiach, to bring the third base on Migdash, to bring home the Shina? We need to work on avaskinam. How do we do that? We all know it's not a new concept, right? We all know this concept. We all like, you know, love each other. I'm sure there's like a lot of songs, right? That we sing, that we love each other. It's wonderful. But we all know it's not easy. So step by step, I'm going to give three ideas of where I kind of put together what I think what we can work on specifically. Number one, let's try to be done Lakaksfas. Being done Lakaksfas is really, it fixes so many things. We don't, you don't, it, it's brought down a billion times in Shemir Slashon. If you're done the Kafskos, you won't speak Lashon Hara. We all know, we love someone, then we're automatically done the Kafskos then, right? If we get a phone call about a child from a Rebbe or a teacher, right away, we're like thinking of ways like, no, 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 the kid must have had a bad day that day. No, that's not really my kid. Usually he's very good. She's very good. She must have had a hard night that night. We come up with all reasons to defend them. That's how we should look at the situations that come our way that we're like, huh? How could that happen? We have to like instinctively try to look and be down the kafskos, and this way it will shift our perspective, and we won't be. We will be able to be down the kafskos, and we'll be able to love them and not get upset. Now, what's this concept? I heard this from Messi Hamilton. I for sure said this on the Zoom at some point because I love it. The paradigm shift. It's that story that we know. Um, I we heard it. I I she I heard it from Essie Hamilton. I think she said she heard it from one of these books, the Seven Characteristics of Very Successful People, something like that. But there was a story of a tr- of a man who was coming home with all his children on a train. And it was during rush hour. And there was a lot of noise. The kids were making a lot of noise. They were climbing on top of everyone. And all the men on the train were coming home from a long day's work. They were really tired. And they had big headaches. And they were just going out of their mind. They're thinking, like, could this man control his kids? Please, someone tell him. No one wanted to say. Until finally, one man approached the father and said, sir, can you please take care of your children? And the father looked up, like had this kind of glazed over his eyes and looked up and said, I'm so sorry, um, we're coming from the hospital. You see their mother just died and she was much better at controlling them. I I apologize. Suddenly at that moment, their hearts melted. They didn't care anymore. So they were jumping on top of each other. It was, they didn't care. Well, suddenly it was just like, oh my gosh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. They still had headaches. It was still the end of the day. 
they still, the kids were still jumping on top of everyone, but suddenly it didn't matter anymore. It was a paradigm shift. They had a new perspective. They were like, no problem. They start opening their bags, probably giving them snacks, whatever it was, giving them drinks, like just being so nice to them. Why can't we do that when we, you know, have a situation like, what do you mean? When I had a baby, when she, when she had a baby, I made her suffer. I have a baby now and she's not making me suffer. Like if only we knew a detail that we're not privy to because it's really none of our business. Everyone has stuff. Everyone's going through stuff. If we just understand and like, she must be going through something. We come to a place to be like, oh my gosh, I just had a baby. But you know what? I'm going to still make her suffer because she must be going through something. You know, obviously I'm saying, so, and I shouldn't really be sarcastic. No, you know, I'm saying people go through stuff. We don't know. So to be done the us is really, really, really a very, very good idea to work on to, you know, have that avasinam to infuse ourselves with avasinam to love everyone. Um, the second step, step number two, think about someone in your life that is getting a little bit like in your space, a little bit hard for you. When you get the phone call, you feel like you want to just end it. You don't really want to respond to them. You don't really want to kind of avoid them. Whoever it may be, people may have that. So take one person, right? Take one person goes baby steps and reach out to her. Send her a text message, call her, say how you're doing. If you're at the pool and you notice that there's one person that's no one that no one's talking to, approach her, say how are you, talk to her. It's not comfortable because you know why? Human nature is that we're comfortable talking to our people, the people that we feel comfortable talking to, the people that we have a past with, the relationship with. We go back, we go way back, right? It's not it's not as comfortable approaching someone who's not talking to anyone who I don't really know so well. But that's exactly it. That's how we work on Avastina. You know, we um we think that the sixth grade politics end when you're in eleventh grade or when you're in seminary. Well, I don't think they end ever. There's politics in sixth grade. There's politics in twelfth grade. There's politics in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, a hundred and a hundred and twenties. Yeah, I think that's just the way it is. We need to work on ourselves. And there was actually a story I heard once that there was this group of girls in high school. They were tight group of four. And there was one girl who was trying to get into that tight group of four. It wasn't really, wasn't working. It was, it wasn't going as perfectly. And this four, this group of four, they were actually assigned a bunkhouse for Shabbaton. And they found out that there were only four beds. And this group of four were assigned with this fifth girl. So there was one girl who was kind of like at the group joining this four. And there were only four beds. So naturally, Right. You think that the four cool girls would like take the beds, but they decided as a group, they knew this was going to be that they decided as a group that they're going to make sure they're going to give that girl, that girl who's not very much, doesn't really feel as part of it, the best bed in the bunkhouse. And at the time, I, I wonder, I would love to know who these, I'm in awe of them because it's such godless to me. It's not easy for high school girls to be so mature like them, things like that, but they each had like a tefillah. They each had something in their, something that they needed. I know one girl had an older sister who was single. One girl, maybe, I don't know, his brother needed a, a baby or something. I, I, whatever, didn't have any children, whatever it was. They each had something that they came and they said, in the schuss of us being the vatar and giving this friend who we don't feel so comfortable with. Louis, we're all for us so close. We're such tight friends. It goes the way back. We're going to make her feel part of it. We're going to give her the best bed in the bunkhouse. I, I was told that whatever they were all diving for was makuyam. That's what it is. And we think that we're being so nice to the girl who no one's talking to or to the girl that no one's inviting, whatever it is. We're thinking, wow, we're being so nice. No, this chust is ours. We have no idea what it's doing for us. It's an eighth zone. And the harder it is for you, the stronger the eighth zone, the more you got it. Make a list. Make a list of the things that you feel that you need, that you're lacking right now. And look outside. Go through your phone. Go through your messages. 
you'll find someone who you feel maybe needs a pickup. It could be a mother-in-law. It could be an aunt. It could be a sister, a sister-in-law. It could be someone so close. Just pick up on it. Push yourself. Might not be comfortable, but it's going to go a long way. It's going to go a very long way. And the third, I'm going to end with this. I said this, um, Marshall, before. It's such a good one. It's an oldie but a goodie. The story of the contractor who had this amazing worker who built him the most magnificent houses for his company. And this contractor, the worker, decided that the time has come for him to retire. And the contractor told him, I can't believe it that this day has come. You are my everything. Do me this favor. Build me one more house. I just want one more house so that I have this last house to remember your gorgeous work by. And this this worker didn't really want to do it. He was already, his head was already in Panama. He was already out on vacationing, like done, living it up in retirement. But he felt he had like Takara Satov. He's like, you know what? I'm going to build you one more house. You really want, I can't say no to you, one more house. The contractor gives him his credit card. He goes, go all the way. Go get your kitchen from Italy. Go get your herringbone, very cool wood floor. Just go all out. Make it the most gorgeous you've ever made it. There is no budget. Contractor's like, the, nah, the worker's like, wow, okay. But really, the worker didn't really have any interest in spending a lot of time and doing it so gorgeous. He just kind of wanted to get it done. So he did minimum. He just did it. Like, he just did the best, like, with whatever was in stock, whatever he was able to get, the quicker it is. Yeah, so the, the Italian uh, um, uh, chandelier will take three, six months to come. He wouldn't want to wait for it. He took whatever stuff. Like, he kind of did it. After a year, it was all gone. He approaches the contractor, his boss. He goes, boss, the house is done. I'm out. Thank you for everything. It's been real. And the boss says, one minute, I have something to give you. He turned around, handed him a box, and in the box were the keys to the house. At that moment, the worker was like, I built my own house. And I, every time I say this, I feel it like the chills. Yeah. He could have gone all out. He could have built himself a masterpiece. He just kind of cut He just wanted to just get by. And the nimshal is, Hashem brings us down to this world and says, here's my credit card. Build your house. Build your house for the next world. That will be forever. This world is not forever. The next world is forever. Build it. Go all out. Oh, open budget. Whatever you want. The mitzvahs, the masam tovim are all around us. What do we do? We just kind of like get by. No, but it's not comfortable for me to like include her in my chevra. So I'm just going to not. Oh, that's like, that's like a gold tile. That is like more than a gold tile. I don't know. I'm not, I never built a house. I don't know what's like, I'm sure people who built houses know what's gorgeous. That's like a, I don't even know. I don't know. That's like the cool hood on the kitchen that people have cool hoods. I've seen like that. I think it's an upgrade. Anyway, whatever. The point is, is like, we don't realize that when we put ourselves a little bit out and make ourselves a little uncomfortable so that we make someone else feel good. We have no idea what that's doing to our gorgeous house that we're all building in the real world. So when we think about that and we have that kind of mindset, it's like, it, it doesn't pay not to have Avastinam. It doesn't pay. It like, it's a no brainer, right? Sign me up. We think again, we think that we're doing them the biggest favor and we're so nice and we're doing them a chesed, but really they're doing us a chesed and, and by allowing us to, to discuss, like, the pleasure's all ours. The pleasure's all mine, right? Let's try not to lose focus of why we're here. We're really here to do the best that we can to be an Eved Hashem and to do what Hashem, Hashem's rut zone. And, and when we 
when we do that and we work on Avaschinam, that's really, really Avaschinam. We love our friends and we love everyone. We won't talk bad about everyone. And that was actually what we need to do to bring Mashiach and to bring the third base Amigdash finally. And so that this Thursday, Bezos Hashem, will be a Yantif and not a fast day. In conclusion, let's try to work on our Avaschinam. Let's try to love our people, to be done the Kafschus. Let's remember that this week our tefillos are super powerful. May Tishabav this year be a yontif for all with the coming of Mashiach. Thank you all for listening. See you next time. Have a good Shabbos. Thank you. Good Shabbos. You're welcome. Good Shabbos. Awesome. Good Shabbos.